This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a weekday afternoon. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. We are having fun a little bit on Saturday. Ultimately, you enter this four-game series with the Astros, coming off a three-game series with the Rays. You kind of maybe expect to go one and six or zero oh and seven with this quite bleak roster in a bleak situation. Pitchers getting suspended for the year on the restricted list for showing up drunk and breaking TVs. Players admitting who've just batted third that they haven't been able to see for months. Um, a lot of stuff going on and terrible, horrific vibes. I think all of us, if you'd said, "Hey, you know, split the Astros, you're going to take the Cole game from the Rays," we would have been like, "All right, sure," but. What do these Yankees do? They scrap. They win on Thursday night. They pitch like hell. They win on Saturday afternoon. Luis Severino gets his doors blown off on Friday. Does not even give them a chance to win. Carlos Rodon does the same thing on Sunday in what's quickly becoming an untenable situation. But the Yankees do fight back, tie that game. Aaron Boone and Wandy Peralta blow it. And they leave 15 runners on base in a very stereotypical suck fest. And so here we are. The Blue Jays sweep the Red Sox in Boston. The Blue Jays were 0-7 against the Red Sox prior to this weekend. Now 3-7. And, and the Yankees are four and a half games out of the wild card. So Tom Scaranante and I will talk about all of this as the show goes on, of course. Um, but it's no fun. It's not the fun show that we wanted to do. It's just the, okay, we treaded water show. We did what we had to do show. We had some exciting wins tied in their show. And yet somehow we're further back now than when we started. So what's really the point of analyzing it granularly? We had some fun moments of rubbing in the Astros' faces, though. We will try to have a little fun today as we commiserate. And this show, of course, is live on YouTube every Monday and every Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Always Eastern time. We're not leaving the Eastern time zone, the best time zone to be a part of uh, from your Yankee fans or other fans. California, go to hell. Eastern time zone's a spot. We're on all podcast platforms as well. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Sorry to our California listeners. I told you to go to hell. It's actually quite a nice state uh, for about a week, a week and a half, and then I have to come back. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show. Uh, we're rocking the Bruce Arians hat today. If you're not on the live stream, then you don't know. I'd recommend getting on the live stream because, again, Thomas Carinante is rocking that Bruce Arians Bit after Rondé Barber went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame over the weekend. Did you bother watching that, by the way? I know no. you have a special offer for the people, but that was three and a half hours. That was way too long. Everything is always too long. If it's not 90 minutes, it's too long. That's my rule. If it's not 90 minutes, I send it back. Um, <laughs> do you have a special offer? I know that you do, so that's oh, kind of a rhetorical question. Do I? I always do. Everybody... Everybody here, Yankees fans, haters. I know it's probably a nice little healthy mix today, possibly. But if I don't know. We, we, again, we did okay. Like yeah. if you're a hater, you, the, the Yankees have certainly been worse. But uh, we're just falling down that standings ladder. Well, it's, the, it's the podcast timing. They 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 lost before the podcast. We can't get we can't get one where it's the twenty it's twenty twenty one all over again where we can't get the result we need to as we're as we're talking to everybody. Yeah. So it gives everybody an easier avenue to come in here and, and laugh. But Whoever's here today, welcome. Um, we're happy to have you. Um, have you signed up for DraftKings yet? It's my question for you. Uh, because if you're a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three easy steps. Create your account, deposit some money, and then wager, wager $5 on any sport. Whether you're first, 
first wager wins or loses, you will receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code YanksGoYard when you sign up. YanksGoYard, name of the website, pretty easy. First time DraftKings user, put that money in, make sure you uh, place that first bet, and then boom, it's all right in your account. This offer is available for new customers only who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for, for full terms of the offer. Ah, man. Yeah, I, I I was going into this series saying, you know what? Split. Just split. Just do it. Just split. That's all You're I want. Not, none of these all pitching matchups look good. No. Like, you, you use Garrett Cole in Wednesday's game, and I'm glad you did because that's the most fun I've had watching the Yankees all year. Sad. Yeah. Sad, but true. Uh, I was there, had a great time. Uh, but you go into this Astro series, you go, all right, Verlander, no. Uh, no Cole for the Yankees, no. Um, we're not going to hit Hunter Brown. We're not going to hit Verlander. We're not going to hit, uh, you know, a, a guy who rocks us to sleep typically in the opener of this series, Christian, Christian Hopper, here. Uh who allowed one hit at Yankee Stadium in his career, I think the stat was, before uh, Thursday's game. Because obviously he uh, – nearly no he he did no hit us as part of a combined effort yeah, combined. last summer and then in the ALD ALCS last year you know put us to bed pretty early uh and so it was like all right we're not winning any of those games so we might beat Jose or Kitty but we'd have to have Carlos Rodon be good to do that so we're probably not gonna win any of these games um and yeah you take two however underwhelming once again the opportunity is there to take advantage um you are watching the Blue Jays beat the ever-loving shit out of the Red Sox all weekend, and you know you're losing ground. So finale comes. You got Carlos Rodon. You got um, you got Urquidy on the mound, who I think was just returning from the 60-day IL. He'd yep. been out for over two months. And he looked like it. Yeah. Teed up opportunity. Rodon, something's wrong with him, I guess. I don't know. It's Again, it's sad. People are getting on his case. I don't think that that's worth it. I don't think that's worth anybody's time. Uh, I'm not going to accept any of the money morning quarterback on this too. We all yeah. wanted to sign Carlos Rodon. Either yes. you either you wanted to sign Carlos Rodon or you wanted to sign Carlos Rodon and also add bats. But nobody was like, you might have wanted to prioritize offense for sure. Sure. Valid. But nobody was like, get away, stay away from Carlos Rodon. Nobody was saying that. Now you're all like, they knew we had an injury history. They still signed him. You you were not saying that this offseason at all, and you shouldn't say it now. You will, but you should. Yeah, uh, it was, you know, you want to talk about, because there, there's endless criticism about the Yankees not making that over-the-top move, not being aggressive. Finally, they were aggressive. Was it the right decision? I don't know. I supported it. There are certainly arguments to be had that it was the wrong decision if you're going to, you know, pull out the receipts on the injury history and whatnot, but Yep, something's wrong with him. Hamstring issue now. I think he's going for an MRI, yeah. but it's precautionary. I Who still knows? support it. I still support it, but it's not going to work this year. That, yeah. that's oh, it's it. definitely not working this year. Yeah, no, it's over. Is, no. Yeah, if this was – well, you knew it was over once he didn't get his full um, slate in spring training and then his season was delayed two and a half months. Well, that then never the works thing out we were hearing is that during the bullpen sessions, he was struggling with command, not stuff, because he's struggling to work through the back injury. And what are we seeing now? It's hitting 97 on the gun. Slider's yeah. biting, but no command. He's walking yeah. everybody, and then he's throwing middle-middle. So yeah, uh, it's going to take a while for him to get used to whatever this is. I know. And it's difficult, too, because theoretically you have the pitching matchup edge there. Um, you have enough guys in the bullpen to be able to get by. I know that, we, obviously, uh, King, uh, King Clay Holmes were used in uh, Thursday and Saturday, which helped shut the door on those games. But um, – 
you would have been able to figure it out if Rodon was able to go five innings, which I don't think was that much to ask for. Um, then as a whole on the series, you go five for 29 with runners in scoring position. It never fucking ends. One of those hits with runners in scoring position was John Carlos Stanton doing cartwheels on the way from uh, third base to home plate yeah. out by a mile. Um, and then you have the managerial decisions. Wani Peralta in for um, a stretch of four right-handed batters, all of whom absolutely kicked his ass. And that ended up being the difference on Sunday uh, after the Yankees had battled back and restored confidence because once they went down 5-1, you were like, great. So now I can just enjoy my Sunday afternoon. They score four, game's tied. You get to the Astros' bullpen, game on, let's do this. And then Aaron Boone does that um, and then has a weak excuse in the postgame as always. So um, that's why it's frustrating because you finally have an avenue to get a leg up to kind of make all of the key parts of your machine come together and give us some positive results. And there's always one thing. There is always one thing that derails – the entire operation and uh, there were multiple on Sunday and it just, it just makes it that much more frustrating for me. What was completely insane about the usage of Wandy Peralta yesterday was just that like, what is Aaron Boone's favorite thing to do? Usually pulling Steal somebody, outs. stealing outs from the bullpen, but also pulling somebody too early to make them feel better about their outing. You pull Wandy Peralta after he gets those Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, both kill lefties. They have reverse splits, and Kyle Tucker hits 340 against left-handed pitching. Wadi Peralta also kills lefties. He gets Alvarez swinging at a beautiful slider just off the plate on the outside corner after setting him up perfectly with some change and fastballs inside. Then he gets Tucker to pop out. He does his job, but Aaron Boone does not want to remove him after the job is done. He wants to go another inning of Wadi Peralta. He gets absolutely bashed Never by a squadron of righties. So, yeah, I guess Boone does love to steal outs, but Boone usually likes to pull people too early to get him out on a high note. And he had the highest of high. We should all be celebrating Wadi Peralta today for doing his job and doing it really well against he, you know, everybody always says, like, oh, good pitching. Can it beat good hitting or whatever? Wadi Peralta has some of the best numbers in baseball against left handed batters, batting average against and slugging, I think, fifth and seventh in the league per James Smythe yesterday. They're hitting 119 off him. Uh, and so we should be saying, oh, my God, good pitching beat good hitting. Like yeah. Tucker and Alvarez kill lefties and Peralta kills lefties and he won the battle. And then Aaron Boone was like, I don't know. He said he had no homes, no king. I get no king, no homes. You should be able to use homes three out of four here, especially with Garrett Cole tomorrow. Yes. Um, and he had Canely for extras. Like, all right, well, we didn't get there. So yeah, why are we why are we managing for extras? We had Keenan Milton for two innings. Six innings. Keenan Middleton looks awesome, by the yes. way. Enjoying my time with him tremendously. If he pitches the sixth inning and the seventh inning, and then Canely and Albert Abreu get the eighth and nine, they, they could win this game seven five. They could yeah. win this game eight six. I mean, there were myriad opportunities for the Yankees to tack on to, and they didn't. But they could have easily stolen a victory here if they'd gotten a competent inning of relief in the sixth, and they got the worst inning possible from Wandy Peralta, all because Aaron Boone was like, uh, you know how I always pull people a batter or two too early? I'm going to pull you way too late once the game's already out of hand. And Martin Maldonado and Jake Myers, by the fucking Martin way. Uh, 900 hitting this weekend from the two worst players yeah. on the Astros. It's just great. 
You know, I'm talking about never ends. Um, the number of things we can apply that to from this weekend, free agent signees joining the Yankees and immediately discovering degenerative back conditions or whatever they find. Carlos Rodon, like a week later, was like, eh, by the way, I have lupus. Like, oh, fantastic. Um, and then the worst players, you know, the Yankees shutting down the best players on an opposing team on arrival, only to have the worst players beat you. That is a recurring theme of the last my entire life. Yeah. And uh, Jake Myers, two three-run home runs yesterday. I don't think he'll hit another home run for the rest of the season. Nope. Martin Maldonado consistently walking or lining singles or homering to put the game out of reach yesterday to set up Jose Altuve, runners on the bags, uh, to, to cash him in. Uh, but Altuve, bad series. He, he started off – he, he reached base to start games one, two, and three, I believe. But first and second, two outs in the ninth inning, down one on Thursday night. Nothing. Bye, buddy. Most fun moment of the series uh, goes down meekly against uh, the relievers who buzzsawed him five innings, one hit from the bullpen crew on Saturday, two exceptionally fun games to watch. And then two horrible ones, one that was lost because of poor managerial maneuvers and poor performance with men on base. And, and one that was lost because a, a guy who shouldn't be in major league baseball right now, starting games, let alone in a pennant race, got to start another game. And now that Carlos Rodon is a precautionary injury, he might start another game this week. You just, you, you you're not, you're not actually playing for the postseason if Luis Severino is getting starts right now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, nine runners left on base after the fifth inning for the Yankees. Um, they scored what? They scored two more runs since then, or one more run since then. Second and third, one out in yeah. uh, after Torres is double to make it nine six. Stanton yep. with just a little pop out to right field. Aaron Judge don't want to get on him too hard, but oh for the series, yeah. oh, oh for the series. Yeah, I don't. But yeah, again, it's just nothing is nothing can ever come together at any point in time. Um, they got they got lucky beating Verlander. He still won seven and gave up two earned. The Astros just didn't hit that day. You got a, a hat tip to Nestor coming back and striking out eight and four innings, and then the bullpen um, putting on a masterclass. It was really great to see. But again, that's the strength of the Yankees roster. So not really telling us anything that we that you know that we don't know. Uh, would have been would have been much more satisfying to see a 10 run performance on Sunday win a game because that's not something they do. I don't need to see the bullpen shut down an opposing lot. Everyone is like, oh, masterclass by the bullpen. This is incredible. What a job. And it's like, yeah, this is what they do. This is nothing out of the ordinary. This is their one strength. This is the one thing that's carried them throughout the year that they've been able to survive on. This is not anything. Yeah, it's celebrating in the moment. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be that mean. Um, it was awesome. Yeah. You beat the Astros. It was satisfying, but you know, you need an offensive explosion. You need, you know, an eight inning gem from a starter other than Garrett Cole to start making you feel differently about this team or else it's just the same team doing the same things again, 100 and 100 over their last 200 games. They're a completely average team and um, there's nothing that they're doing on the regular com- to convince you otherwise. And the only reason I'll get, I'll play devil's advocate on the Wani Peralta situation is because yes, split inning duty for relievers never works unless it's Michael King. We all know this. We know Aaron Boone has uh, decided one too many times to play this game, but you can't walk Chaz McCormick and then balk. You just can't do that. And then give up a hit to Jeremy Pena. Who's not hitting this year. So I understand that it was the wrong decision by the manager, but again, the manager typically makes the wrong decision and then more times than not, the player in question who is the subject of that decision completely melts down. 
completely melts down to the point of no return. And it just, it makes you wonder like what the deal is in the clubhouse here, because there are so many other teams whose managers, you know, put the players at a bad position and those players are willing to step up or they're able to get beyond um, whatever, you know, the call was that may not have put them in the most comfortable scenario. The Yankees, Yankees players never do that. And that, that, at this point, that's where, that's where my frustration lies as well, because if we're going to bank on Aaron Boo making the right decision every time, then we're dumb. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, where are you on Harrison Bader after the game saying that the series gives him good momentum? Like, I, I understand it's it's players speaking. Complacency. It's, not, Complacency. It's, not, it's not Aaron Boone. It's not to the level of Aaron Boone saying we had good at-bats and we struck out 18 times. But it is complacency because, the worst again, the worst game of the series was the last one. Yeah. So, you know, you can say what you said without saying that. You can say, like, damn, we were we had great momentum through the first three. Yeah. Then the bats had a chance to cash in on it. We didn't show up. We need to get better. We need to sweep the next series. Like, the Yankees haven't won a series against it. When's the last time they won a series against not the Royals and the A's? Because I know they haven't, they haven't won a series since late June, I think. They're two and nine in their last 11 series for talking Yanks today. And again, those two wins were beating Oakland, yeah. and beating Kansas. They haven't won a, yeah, I'm sorry. They're 0 and seven since late June against non A's and Royals. Yeah. So let me look at the schedule and then figure out what the last series we won was because uh, I um, miss it. Winning series was great. Yeah. Uh, not that one, not that one, not the Rays, not the O's, not the Mets as a split. We swept the Royals, got swept by the Angels. Not the Rockies, should have been, but wasn't. Not the Cubs, not the O's, that's a split. Not the Royals, beat the Oakland A's there. Uh, beat the Texas Rangers in a three-game series June 23rd through 25th. That sure was a long time ago. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah. They won a series. Oh, no, wait, didn't we win a series last week? I mean, we beat the – we swept the Royals and we took two out of three from the A's. But we have not won a series against another team since June 23rd through 25th. Cool. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, as for Bader's comments – like with so many other Yankees players or people surrounding the team, I know what he was trying to say, but again, it was said in the wrong way. I don't like, I don't, I don't know what these guys like is the same person who showed them Red Sox highlights last year, showing them any of their post game stuff and the response from fans, any of their, you know, body language on the field and showing the fan response from that. Like, Maybe the person involved with the PR and the preparing the players to speak to the media should have a more active role in understanding um, how they should be talking to kind of dispel the notion that they are complacent and boring and not really motivated because I do understand what Bader is saying. To me, up until they decided to blow it in the sixth inning yesterday, that was a good series in my opinion. They fought the pitching, battled their asses off to hold uh, the Astros to as few runs and, and to, as, uh, to as little damage as possible. Um, and in spite of the team's dumb decision to start Luis Severino on Friday, they still won two out of three. So to me, I was a little bit optimistic. I was like, cool. We have a favorable pitching matchup on Sunday. If we can just not do anything stupid, it it, we could take three out of four here, and that would be really encouraging. But of course, something goes wrong. Multiple poor decisions are made. One bad poor performance put the, puts the Yankees in a hole yet again. And it again, you come in here expecting a split. They split, and they somehow leave so much more to be desired, which then makes the split no longer appeasing. 
Now I now I'm upset it wasn't three out of four. And in reality, I shouldn't even be dreaming of that because I know it's not possible. And we know that this team is not really capable of it. But they showed this weekend that they were for a short window of time very much capable of it. And they decided to let a multitude of other factors get in their way. Um, so I know what Bader is saying. Like, yes, kind of encouraging. Yes, if they play largely this brand of baseball moving forward where they don't fuck up spectacularly, they could be in a really good spot. But that's not what people need to hear right now. You're thinking that in your head as the fan. You don't need to say it out loud and have that be the resound the resounding message that's being sent. The resounding message that's being sent is, we didn't perform good enough this series. We had an opportunity right in front of us. Now we have to capitalize this week, and nobody's saying that. Yeah, I mean, you know they're gonna win. They're probably gonna win two nice ones in Chicago, <laughs> but the one they lose is gonna crush you from inside. Um, so that'll be very fun. Uh, the comments, you know, honestly, I'm gonna have to disagree with the notion. Uh, you know, that, that Aaron Judge, it's not a good idea to have him out there. Um, he, yeah, yeah, tough series against the Astros. He gets one eight against the Astros' career. That's kind of how he. That's he, he struggles against the Astros. Yeah. He's get his timing back, but. I was at the the Rays game to end that Rays series. He hit rockets right at people. There was nothing wrong with him that day. He, yeah. he was lining balls, flick of the wrist, uh, direct to deep, deep right field, getting tracked down, got one track down in center field. Looked as good as I've ever seen him in his prime. Uh, just happened to get, you know, lining the ball right at people three consecutive times. Got a hit for his troubles eventually, but everybody has a bad series against the Houston Astros. That said, I don't think Aaron Judge should be in right field at all. Correct. Um, uh, which is a problem because Giancarlo Stan needs to be playing these games. And uh, if he's going to give the same effort he's giving in right field, you know, on the base paths in right field, then that's unplayable. Um, and are we allowed to just say this? Let's uh, the elephant in the room, Giancarlo Stan running the bases. I know that he. I'd like to talk to be, about it. I, I know he's trying to be careful and I understand that. And I don't think he should do anything to risk his health, of course, because he's actually hitting. So is DJ LeMahieu, by the way, hitting 319 since the break. Yeah, very um, nice. Two guys finally coming around to the back of their baseball cards. I'm glad for Stan's offensive contributions, and I know that he's trying to keep himself healthy. Uh, he's a 33-year-old man. He, he can run faster than that. He, he is a gear or two faster than that. So I, I it was like the overused I – don't, I don't know who does the overused Twitter joke of the day. I think it's a ringer pod. But the overused Twitter sentiment of the day was, well, obviously he's keeping himself healthy. You, what, what do you want him to run harder and, and you know hurt himself? No, I obviously don't want that, but he's a professional athlete. He's yeah, why are we not running two more gears? Yeah, why, why, why do we have to run slower to preserve our health? Is there something? Is there something else wrong that we don't know? Because remember, Stan's initial injury that kept him out for most of this year was the fact that he stopped short after yeah. running into second base. And then what did he do yesterday? Yeah. Stop short right in front of home plate. So what's which problem is it? Because we don't know. We, every the story's different every time. Aaron Boone said after the game he didn't see necessarily anything unusual. He said Stanton can usually run faster if he takes a good route at third base, which he didn't at that point. But, okay, why? Why was there not a good route taken at third base when he was rounding the bag to go home? We don't why have to was be he jogging from second to third base? You saw it happening. Yeah, we don't, we don't have to be sending him there. Like, I, I mostly blame Luis Rojas, but – I'm going to, I'm going to not say no blame to Stan, hundred percent blame to the base coach. Like Red no. Sox fans were doing where they were like Reese McGuire leapt in the air and celebrated and didn't turn around and check the ball, got caught, got doubled off second base to end one of their losses over the weekend. And Red Sox fans were like, blame Carlos Febles. It's crazy. He's telling him to go. It's like, first of all, you don't know what he's telling him. This is a blurry screenshot. <laughs> Second, 
you can blame the guy who j- danced and celebrated and pranced around third on a game-ending flyout a little bit. You can blame him a little sure. bit. So I do blame Luis Rojas for sending Giancarlo Stan, who's got to know better. But ball in the right center gap, single, cut off by Dubon, bad throw to the plate. Runner's got to score there. Well, a, it was goal, a looping a ball, and runner athlete outs. has to score there. Yeah, it's a looping ball, and it was two outs. He should have been running at the crack of the bat, regardless. So, like, yeah, you, I agree. You, the broadcast was saying you take your chances there. I 100% agree with that. Runs are hard to come by from this team. That was one of their five hits on the weekend with a runner in scoring position. You take your chance there. You don't wait for some. I don't even know who was up next. Who would have been up next? Vader. Um. After DJ, I uh, let me. Look. I think it was IKF. Vader or IKF. Um. Either way, you take your chances there. You're not expecting one of your starting players to be walking on the base walking on the base paths. And if he is, and there is no injury concern, then that is a different conversation. If Giancarlo Stanton is worrying, if the Yankees and Giancarlo Stanton are worrying about his long-term health because of his capability to run, then this is we've reached peak craziness with this with him being on this team. Because I under I, I understand that there are uh, precautionary measures to take if maybe someone's right off the IL um, or <clears throat> if uh, if they had gotten dinged up a couple days prior and you don't want to you know you don't want to force anything or or uh, or risk further injury. But Giancarlo Stanton's been healthy for a while now. There has been no issue. So to tell me that he's protecting himself for people to assume that he's just protecting himself by walking on the bases is again, the wrong mentality to have the, the Yankees meant uh, we, we talk about the old school mentality of how this team only cared about winning and whatnot. Now we've reached the point and I never talk about that because I think it's kind of, it's kind of useless. You know, you'd like to obviously have a better attitude, but not every attitude is going to be nineties dynasty Yankees attitude, but now to have an attitude where it's like we have to protect John Carlos Santon and he can't round third is well, we've flown to the other side of the pendulum way too quickly, and it's embarrassing. It's quite embarrassing. Um, and I'm glad that the Yankees bullpen held it together. I'm glad Jake Bowers homered. Uh yeah. we could put that all behind us. They won that game, but it's not like we're not gonna talk about it. Um, yeah, Stanton uh, <laughs> probably going to be Yankee for quite a while. Although the first panic button this offseason is probably trading him. I think he's more likely to go than DJ LeMayhew. Who is taking him? I mean, again, it's the it's the Angels or nobody, right? It's yeah. the it's the Angels if uh, they've already failed spectacularly this summer, right? They add a million pieces and they get worse. So uh, is Artie Moreno still the owner of the Angels? So far, he is. Um He's going to demand they make big moves this offseason without Otani in the lineup who's leaving. So what's a bigger move than Giancarlo Stanton plus two of the Yankees' top prospects? It's going to take that, though, because back in the day, the 2012 Dodgers just said, oh, the Red Sox have a lot of problematic contracts. We could, Let's just take them. We'll take them for nothing. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll take them and we'll pay for them, and that's what we'll do. They gave the Red Sox – the Red Sox gave them no prospects. They gave away prospects for Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, Josh Beckett, like dopey saps. And there's no team like that in the world anymore. But at least the Angels and Artie Moreno, uh, bereft of stars if Otani leaves, are going to kind of be in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Stanton, the California native. Um, but th- there's no way where they're just like, we'll take Stanton and we'll pay for him. And you can give us nothing. They're going to ask for Peraza 
and a pitching prospect. The Yankees will have to go do it. Okay. And, and that's the only way they'll get it done. Nobody else wants them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it makes for a problematic offseason, which we'll have, we'll have 55 episodes about that soon enough, guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that – again, that running play with him, Yankees went one for seven with scoring position that day. Stanton did not score, so I will calculate that as 0 for seven with runners in scoring position because right. that hit ended the inning and we didn't score a run. So the one time they put the ball in play on the grass – with a runner in scoring position, it didn't work out for them. So that's how futile this entire thing has been, and this is why confidence levels can simply cannot increase unless there is a change in the the I'm, the replays on my screen right now. It is fucking crazy. He's looking to the outfield. He's seeing the ball come in, and he slows down. I've never seen anything like this. Got went slower. I just don't understand it, and it's crazy because he is one of the guys that I like listening to in the post game because he's usually accountable. He doesn't really mince words. He doesn't give the bullshit platitudes that all so many other players and coaches and personnel in the organization do. And then you see that, and it's like, what? What is going on? Um. Yeah. Judge, if Judge gets one hit this series, it's it's a completely different series too. Like, you know, you put you hit a he he, he can if he puts one in the seats during Luis Severino's shitty start, like. That changes the complexion of that game. Instead, it was just start to finish, just white flagging it. White, yeah, white flagging it. White flag. Not they. They even scored a couple in that game, right? IKF goes deep. They you scored got three. Runs. Yeah, you got two runs in the middle of that game. You, you wouldn't feel awful about yourself if you had some semblance of starting pitching, no. but you, you didn't, so you do. Yeah, but Severino's got to be. He's Boone keeps saying everything is on the table, yet they're not considering any other option. Nothing is on the table. So what is nothing yeah. so far is on the table? Yeah, nothing has ever been on the table. It's a completely undressed table. Um, just what are one we guy sitting on it? There's what are we doing there. with him? Uh, I mean, the bullpen thing. Uh, people talk about Severino. The, I mean, Severino the bullpen is the only other option because you, you can't. You, you're not going to DFA him at this point. Probably it's August seventh. Why not? Uh, his worst inning of every game is the first inning he pitches. So why would he be any more effective out of the bullpen? Yeah. His mechanics are completely out of whack. Something mentally is wrong with him every time he comes in. Uh, if he gets – again, I'm in this boat. If he gets fixed, great. I'm glad somebody's able to fix Luis Severino. I had no problem with Luis Severino, the man. Uh, can't be pitching from the New York Yankees anymore. Can't be starting games. He's got to yeah. be either the last guy in the bullpen or off the roster. Yeah. Heartbreaking interview after that game. It's sad. It's really sad, but he's he's broken. The stuff yeah. isn't there. Yeah. The stuff isn't there. He's obviously – look, if you have these two post games, and I appreciate the candor. I really do. But if you're willing to go up there and say that I feel like I'm the worst pitcher in the game and quote Jesus Christ, what am I doing or what's going on, yeah. then like it shows that your, your brain – and your 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 mental game here is so far off and it's so badly affecting the physical aspect of it, which couldn't be more true because he's been injured ever since the second half of 2018. Mm-hmm. So there's never been a reprieve for him. And if you've ever been injured before in your life, you know the toll that that takes on you when you're sedentary, when you're working through rehab, rehab workouts are like, what is this? I feel like I'm a five-year-old doing these stupid exercises that don't even matter or do or you know, do anything for me. It's like, it feels like a complete waste of time. He's been in this bad mental space for a long time now. And he's clearly not out of it. 
thought he tore his groin. It looked like he tore his groin off the bone that two years ago when he got injured at that rehab stand. It ended up being just a regular strain, and he missed like a week. So it's like he doesn't even. It seems like he doesn't even know like the severity of his injuries or like how his body is responding to pain. Um, but yeah, I, again, we're gonna sit here. We're gonna hope that he gets better for himself, but no longer tenable to keep trotting him out there once every five days. If the Yankees were smart, they would have started Randy Vasquez on Friday. I'll still stand by this. Randy Vasquez on Friday and then start Nestor on Saturday under the assumption you're losing to Justin Verlander and then use Severino out of the pen to get work for him. And then you could have theoretically preserved the bullpen for Sunday and Monday. Um, but yeah, trotting Severino out there against a playoff contender I get it if it was a series against someone bad, but this is an Astro series, a very important series for wild card implications. Remember, they're the second team in the wild card. They're only a game up on Toronto, which means that's what? We're four out, so they're five up on us. Every game in this series mattered, and the Yankees didn't treat it that way, and that's, again, what makes this all the more frustrating. Yeah, I mean, they they literally are they are chasing the Astros this year. They never are chasing the Astros. Never. The Astros are in the AL West, but this year they're in the wild card, and uh, we actually need to, need to take games off them. Well, if you want to play some games, learn a little bit, games a chance. If you signed up for DraftKings yet, if you are a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, create an account. So easy. Two, deposit, then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $150 in bonus bets all you have to do is use the code INKSGOYARD when you sign up. The name of the podcast, you help us when you do that. You help yourself. Give yourself a little bit of insurance on that first bet. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, how much better would the New York Yankees be this season if when their regular star captain, co-captain, first baseman uh, decided, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm a step late on every pitch. I'm struggling to recognize pitches. I wake up hung over. Um, you know, I feel fogginess. I forget how many outs there are in the field. Um, how many games better would the Yankees have been if they had heard this story, reacted to it by placing that person on the injured list in June? Uh, it's now August. They they wouldn't have played this person for two full months. Uh, I think they would be six games better in the standings right now if they had removed Anthony Rizzo, the worst position player in baseball. Yes. And we now know why in early June. Maybe give him a couple of days. Maybe stop flying him across the country, which is bad. Um, somebody's going to get sued here. Anthony Rizzo sounds like he's in a good headspace, uh, no pun intended, but he he doesn't seem angry. He thinks the Yankees treated him right. He thinks they handled this properly. I don't think they did, and I applaud him for thinking that, but maybe it falls on him for not reporting his symptoms and for accepting them and for not asking for help and for thinking that he was just hung over during a long season, or maybe it falls on the Yankees for not picking up the most obvious concussion that any of us have ever seen. But bottom yeah. line, Anthony Rizzo is in a dangerous place. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he's coming back next year either now. Yeah. You have to wonder about that. The one thing that frustrated me about this interview was that he was like, you know, you don't want to make excuses because the people who make excuses are not out on the field. And it's like, dude, what? 
Like we have a team full of people that makes excuses and you're going to draw the line with that. You're going to draw the line with a head injury. This is where I'm the, this is where I'm not going to make excuses. You know, I can't see straight. I, he, he was, he was diagnosed with cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. That is a serious medical issue. I don't, again, it was obvious to everybody else watching his, he was off on pitches right over the middle. His timing was terrible. Some of his plays at first base raised eyebrows. A lot of things were off. A lot of things were off. And I understand that um, if he's not communicating those issues, then I don't know what else. I don't know what else the recourse is in, in, in the, for the medical staff at that point. I really don't know. But at the same time, like if the Yankees are watching him, again, endure a career worst stretch by a mile – Again, there was no worse stretch of Anthony Rizzo's career, not even close to it, than what we just watched for two straight months, directly following an incident where he literally almost got knocked out on the field because he couldn't stand up after Fernando Tatis hit him in the head-neck area. Don't watch then, the video ever again. Yeah. Don't watch it. I don't understand how they didn't you know, sit down and be like, look, we've noticed a lot of things are off with your game. We might have to run you through some tests. It would probably make sense to do this. But I don't know. I mean, it's funny enough because um, – it, that came on the heels of uh, the report about Domingo Herman telling us that the Yankees threw him in a sauna to have him sweat out the alcohol, which is notoriously dangerous. Yeah. And also he's, he's throwing TVs around. He's throwing couches. He's threatening to fight Aaron Boone. And, and instead of being like, get out of here, they're like, go sit in the hot room for a little while. <laughs> Think about what you've done. Like, come on, wow. guys, get the cops. Like, yeah. <laughs> Here's a relaxing afternoon in the sauna, Domingo. If somebody came to my place of business and was like, I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to throw your television, I wouldn't be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go to the nap room for a little bit. <laughs> Give me a break. But notoriously, a sauna will further dehydrate you and with alcohol in your system will probably accelerate that times five. So yeah. it's clear the Yankees medical staff probably doesn't know what it's doing. But then at the same time, we have – in the past had a lot of issues with communicating injuries. Um, you go as far back as everything that Severino has dealt with. There was a lot of injury miscommunication there. Um, I think we could have even, you know, not throw Aaron judge under the bus, but the whole punctured lung rib broken thing, like seemed like there needed to be more communication there to determine what was, what was wrong. Um, you have the Frankie Montas at the deadline claimed he yeah. was healthy. Very much. Wasn't Lie, lie more lies. Um, yeah, I don't look. I don't know what it is. I don't know who is to blame, but it's in line with the consistent bad stuff that's been happening. Um, and what does this do for me? This just makes me even more incensed that Freddie Freeman was not signed when the Yankees had the opportunity to sign him, or Matt Olson wasn't traded for when the Yankees had the opportunity to do that. Well, that's still on the one yard line, though. Don't get mad. That's yeah. <laughs> Where's that guy? He's probably what is where, he, where is that San Diego Padres, Gary Sanchez, uh, resurgence bandwagon. Yeah, now's the um, time. Like, if there was ever a time for that guy to yeah. start talking, it'd be now. But yeah, no. you look back on Freddie Freeman, he got spurned by the Braves for some reason. For some reason, he had no suitors in free agency. I don't know if you guys remember, it was literally the Braves and the Dodgers, and then the Braves made the move to for Olsen, and then the Dodgers sat back and said, you know what. Freddie, you're coming to us. It's just going to take some time for us to work out the details of the contract. They ended up signing him for the same exact deal that Carlos Rodon, ha Rodon has with the Yankees, six years, $162 million. 
The Yankees were considering signing Freeman. Now, now we will never know if Freddie Freeman actually wanted to come to the Yankees, right? This has been a long tail discussion about stars, maybe avoiding New York because of the backlash they face when they perform poorly, the unforgiving media. We can go as far and talk about the taxes because you have to get paid like more and more to cover you're in New York City tax, New York State tax, federal he tax. Did go to Cal- he went to California. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, didn't, yeah, I ended up not – but he's from California, so that's probably the only time where you would you would make the exception. But if you want to rewind, it's from March 19th of 2022 from Brendan Cuddy when he was at NJ.com. So there was uh, – he, he aggregated a report from Buster Only, which I don't know how I didn't catch that. I just – whenever I had – I saved this article in my bookmarks because it infuriated me so badly. The Yankees and Freddie Freeman were on a Zoom call for 30 minutes in November. The report said that the call went well and the Yankees loved the idea of putting the lefty swinging Freeman between righty mashers Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, which they needed to do because – they didn't have any lefty lefties in the lineup. The imbalance was terrible, and they needed an actual all-around hitting lefty in order for this to work. Not some patchwork stuff, not another redundant Joey Gallo who's going to hit home runs or strike out or just only strike out. They needed a surefire, consistent player. Then Brian Cashman told Casey Close, apparently from this report, who is Freddie Freeman's agent, that he just didn't see the budgetary space developing for the Yankees with big money already committed to Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton and with Aaron Judge's free agency looming, the Yankees were not comfortable committing to another five uh, to another um, uh, nine-figure contract, yet they signed Aaron Judge for $360 million, and then they followed that up with Carlos Rodon. So you're telling me that they didn't have room for Freddie Freeman and they ended up already at this point investing over $60 million in Anthony Rizzo for – a not good half of 2021, a good 2022, but that was derailed at certain points because of his back injury. He ended up missing 32 games. And now this year where you got two good months out of Anthony Rizzo, and now he's been used. And I understand the injury is not relative to that, but because anybody can get injured. But you look at Freddie Freeman's body of work, and he's never injured, and he is the exact lefty contact bat that you need that also works with power. He's a pull hitter. I mean, he hits to all fields, but when he pulls, he's pulling. And he is only a year older than Rizzo. So any age you know, discrepancy here where you were saying, oh, I didn't want to sign the aging player to a long-term deal. The Yankees always draw the line, and they draw it in the worst possible spots. Because Freddie Freeman should have been the exception to spending more money and to bringing on another aging player. The year before they gave $90 million to DJ LeMayu, they had no problem doing that. They ate $50 million of Josh Donaldson's money that same offseason. They didn't have a problem with that. And then if you want to talk injuries, they gave an injury-prone Carlos Rodon $162 million and didn't have a problem with that. So the budgetary issues and conflicts just randomly arise, and then and then it defines an offseason, and then they're relaxed you know, a year later. I don't understand how that could be your viewpoint after watching Freddie Freeman, who won the MVP in 2020, Mickey Mouse MVP, whatever you want to say. I know people criticize that. And then won the 2021 World Series and was very much a driving force in that entire thing. Remember, that team was without Ronald Acuna. So I don't know how this is where that they started splitting hairs over money, but that's the New York Yankees for you in a nutshell. Yep. And uh, the, the the what's being referenced in the comments is that Simon Eddie Source had a r- rumor report over the weekend that was that was claiming that 
uh, Hal Steinbrenner was the one putting the kibosh on all these Brian Cashman deals he was trying to sell people. Uh, we got into the Simon Eddie sort of schooled us a couple yeah, of months ago. He owned us. Um, when I was like, who is that? And they were like, we're the people who accurately predicted this. And so I was like, all right, great. Hats up to you. So I will not be uh, diminishing that report. If it's true, it's awful. I will only say Simon Eddie source. Uh, if you have a report that makes Brian Cashman look good, you maybe don't have to report it next time. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just hold that one. Cause now everyone's like, Oh, it's Hal Cashman's actually okay. And it's like, no, even if it's true, like lie about it. Uh, Cause I don't think Brian Cashman should be here anymore. Um, a lot of tweets floating around about Brian Cashman's draft history. Are, are you, you know, I, I don't really want to say this out loud, but in, in 25 years, Simon and he starts retweeted this too. So I'm just scrolling down his feed at this point, but the top three players in B war that he has drafted offensively, Brett Gardner, 44.3, Aaron judge, 39.6, Anthony Volpe's 2.5. No. Is in third. That that's in terms of players. The Yankees have signed Anthony Volpe's already in third place. Um, also important to note, Anthony Siegler, remember the first round draft pick yeah. in, in 2020, 2018. Um, and I just think this is important and instructive because you get a lot of people talking about how, um, oh yeah, how do you expect the Yankees to draft? Well, like they got to just buy people internationally and they're never going to draft. Well, they pick 26 every year or whatever. Um, that's not how the draft works. And, uh, most importantly, <laughs> Anthony Siegler goes 23rd. The Yankees take a switch catcher. High school has not developed. The bat's not there. Um, it's kind of interesting. He throws with both arms, but the bat's not there. Uh, pick directly behind him, 24th, Nico Horner, Chicago Cubs. Starter on a playoff-bound team, potentially. Pick 25th, Matt McClain. Didn't sign. Yankees are lucky. Picked by the Diamondbacks, didn't sign, but Matt McClain, rookie of the year. Uh, 26th, Tristan Casas, Boston Red Sox. Those are three people that you could have selected with pick 23. But you didn't. You took Anthony Siegler, who's not good. So, um, I don't know. Just you, you can pick at the bottom of the first round and be okay. Bo Naylor, went just do it. That. Bo Naylor went 29th. Shane McClanahan went 31st. Uh, just a, t- a whole bunch of names, like a lot of baseball players who you could have had right in that same range, and you picked wrong. You chose the wrong guy. You seem to do that every single year. So, um, <laughs> there's a budget issue if they can't fit Freddie Freeman in, but they're fitting Carlos Rodon in one year later. Um, but there's a drafting and development issue. You should be able to supplement your core with these free agent signings. Uh, and the Yankees, again, cannot get these people to the major leagues and, and have picked wrong in the draft time and time and time again. Good luck to George Lombard Jr., who I hope is good. But George, history says he won't be. Matt McLean is hitting fucking 300. Matt McLean is an awesome baseball player. And again, that year he did not sign. The Diamondbacks beefed it too, but McLean was on the board. Maybe the Yankees How did they beef it? Was it money or he just wanted to go to college? Um, sure, it was money, but let's find out. But money money solves everything. Yankees could have just given an extra 500K, kicked it in, said goodbye. Yeah, yeah. 302, 892 OPS, 135 OPS plus. I never fucking heard of this guy until your life now. would change. Your life would change if you had Matt McClain. <laughs> you. <laughs> You didn't even get picked that much higher. He, he went to UCLA and then three years later got taken 17th overall. 17th, another pick. He's already in the bigs and is already yes. in the bigs. Yes, he is. 17th, though, that's right. The Yankees pick there sometimes. They it's will impossible be this year. to pick. It's impossible to do well without a top tier first. How, how many terrible Royals draft picks have there been for 20 years? They pick first every year. They're always wrong. The Yankees are always wrong. The Yankees belong in that class. Uh, Ramon Laureano to the Guardians. I felt like yeah. that was an easy move for the Yankees to make, no? 
Uh, I agree with that. Let's let's transition into um, you know the final point, which is just uh, I mean Ramon Laureano, the, the, the issue with him, another righty, right? It is an easy. It's an easy. But an athlete. An athlete, a, a right-handed hitting athlete who does better against lefty pitching, and the Yankees are actually respectable against lefty pitching. So I would have done it, but, you know, if you want to tell me why you didn't do it, I get it. He goes to sure. the Cleveland Guardians. Um, it's just important. I was watching the Blue Jays on Thursday getting the shit kicked out of them by the Baltimore Orioles, having a terrible time. Uh, this world-class offense with George Springer and Vlad Jr. just doing nothing, stuck in the mud. Uh, stuck in the middle, right? They're in the wild card race. They think they should be taking control of the East, but they're not. They've already been lapped by the Orioles. The Orioles have more athleticism, et cetera. And the Blue Jays announcers in the in the eighth and ninth inning of this already lost game as more Orioles cross the plate and they're just running them over. It's like Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez, who watched a lot of baseball, sound exactly like the Yes Network booth. Uh, Buck Martinez is like, these guys just have to play to the back of their baseball cards. I mean, you have the bodies in Vlad Jr. And he's not playing like Vlad. And it's like, where have I heard that before? And Dan Shulman is like, I know, I, I know, I know. But shouldn't you just do something? Isn't there, if you just put one bat in this lineup, I know it might be perceived as false hustle and maybe it doesn't work, but at the very least you tried something. And how many times have we said that about this Yankees team with Esteban Florial in AAA and Andres Chaparro mentioned in the comments in AAA had a big July and Everson Pereira, who might be up before long. The Blue Jays are having the same conversation as the Yankees. They're going to Fenway where they got four games swept earlier this year. The Red Sox swept Toronto in Toronto. Toronto at that point was 7-21 against the AL East. Their season was falling apart. I would have said, even though they're leading the wild card race for the third wild card right now, they're maybe the least likely of the teams nipping at their heels to actually make the playoffs. Like the Mariners look good. The Yankees were rounding into form just a little bit in this, you know. That they had coming off a good game against the Rays, finally showing you what they could do. The Red Sox beating Toronto seven times. Why couldn't they beat them more this weekend? What does Toronto do? They call up Davis Schneider, a second baseman, a 5'9 second baseman, a 24-year-old you've never heard of. Nine for 13 in the weekend series. Two homers batted 692 in his debut series in MLB in the Blue Jays sweep that series from the Red Sox and it only gets more embarrassing as it goes. They sort of win a close one. Then they hold on barely when Reese McGuire, you know, can't play baseball. They won eight, three in the first one. And then I think five, four in the second one. And then they bash the Red Sox brains into the third game of that series. And what did they change series over series? They just called up one guy. They call up a 24 year old rookie happens to hit 692 in the three game set. And all of Toronto's incumbent bats perform better yeah. As a result, who knows, but certainly all part of the same process. Uh, they are teaching the Yankees that, you know, that's possible. They gave you the blueprint. They they literally changed nothing except for adding one man who changed everything. Uh, Yankees just don't feel like it. They, I still think they're going to call up Everson Pereira before too long. I think they're going to get pressure to do it. But you don't make any moves at the deadline, and you do believe in this team as Brian Cashman does. He was almost kind of, sort of vindicated by their performance against the Rays and Astros. Not quite, but you need you need one more guy at the very at the very least. If you're going to buy nothing, you need one more guy. Call up somebody from AAA, and it's Everson Pereira. So sorry, the Blue Jays just did. Yeah, I don't know what the weight is here. He was tearing it up when he first got there. Um, 
I feel like the Yankees just wait too long to have these performances normalized, and then like the prospect starts cooling off, and then they get called up to the majors, and they're like, "Well, I haven't been playing that well, so yeah, should this go better?" It's like just call the guy up when he's fucking hitting four hundred. Let it let, let, roll. Keep rolling the dice, dude. It's like again, no human instinct. It's like no, we actually have to wait to see if this performance is legitimate and lines up with our metrics and our statistics. It's like no, use instinct for once in your life. Call up somebody who's playing well, who has the swag, who has the confidence, who's feeling good about himself, and put him in the lineup. Put him in a lineup where he knows that his consistent play is going to be rewarded because he knows that the outfield situation here is dog shit, and he knows that there's a wide-open opportunity for him to grab everyday reps. It, it, it's, it, it's always so much simpler than it actually is, and they, they, the Yankees never make it easy. Um, as for the playoff picture – I don't know, man. Toronto doesn't scare me. Seattle's Seattle woke up, so good for them. I mean, at this point, I'm rooting for Seattle over us. I would feel bad if I, look. I, I'm not rooting for the Yankees to lose. I can't do that because I don't think significant changes are coming either way. Um, that's like I hate just continuing to tell people that. But if you're hoping for the Yankees to bottom out so they can make big time head honcho changes it's not happening so you might as well root for them to win baseball games that said if the Yankees get a playoff game over a team like the Mariners this year I would genuinely be like I'm sorry yeah I'm sorry I watched this team all year I am sorry that we're in the playoffs instead of you Blue Jays no I'd be gloating like fucking crazy oh yeah came down to the Yankees and Blue Jays but if it's the Yanks and Mariners jockeying for that last spot we get it over Seattle I'm gonna mail like a handwritten letter to the city of Seattle to say hey I watched this baseball game all season long no interest in being here right now. And our, our run will end very soon. And then I'll be there right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, look, I'm not scared of the blue Jays either. Like they were questionable heading into this Fenway series. And of course, big thanks to the Red Sox. You fucking losers. God, every time we need you guys to win a fucking game, you can't win a game. This you was the worst play? because they needed to win some yeah. fucking games and 25 still- to eight. And they still were like, eh, no. It would help the Yankees if we won some fucking games. No. Like, it's right. it was right there. <laughs> this episode's called it's right there in front of us. It was right there in front of the Red Sox. Yeah. You sweep that series. You were in a playoff spot. You losers. And now you're going to go. You've got uh, everybody going to be declaring their season over today, of course. Well, they've got the Royals for four, the Tigers for three, and then they go to Washington for three. So nine and one incoming. They'll be right back in there. Uh, but again, when they could have helped us against Toronto, they didn't, of course, naturally. Yeah. Uh, outscored 25 to eight, had that embarrassing walk-off um, situation with Reese McGuire. Very funny. Um, yeah. Hilarious. I mean, at least we got that out of it. At least it was, and you know, yesterday losing 13 one, that's always funny. Also funny. Well, yeah. I, I was, this is what you, I, it would have helped us if the Red Sox won, but I literally can't say when that out loud. Game. Yeah. I literally can't say that out loud. I was talking to my wife and I was like, I can't root for the Red Sox to win, but if they did, cool. Wouldn't say no. And then of course they, you know, gag and Reese McGuire happens and they get crushed. And it's like, I think at the end of the year, I'll be thankful they got crushed. Cause I think they'll be close enough to a playoff spot that I'll be like, Oof. imagine yeah. if they didn't get cranked yeah. by the blue Jays. But uh, yeah, could have definitely helped us out in the, in the short term and did not do that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, they're, yeah, they put themselves in a bad position. Now they have to beat bad teams, which I don't. They haven't entirely been doing as as they usually do. No, the um, A's took two out of three from yeah. them recently, and yeah. Then, yeah. So, nonetheless, I'm not scared of Toronto. We've 
the only division rival we've managed to punk over the last few years has been Toronto and yes. 2021 until present day. Um, even in 2020, like they did beat the crap out of us, but like they had a worse playoff spot than us that year. And they got, they got ruined by the Rays in the, in the expanded playoff field. And we um, hit them around once that we had a fun 2020 game against them. The Davey Garcia game where everybody yes. homered and we beat them 20 to six. I mean, yeah. there, there were some nice moments in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, last, I mean, last year was the best Aaron judges 60th home run and then winning the division on their, on their field after yeah, this Vlad is our was, house. No, it's, it's not. House. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Nonetheless, I'm not scared of them. They have, um, I, I think they made, they made smart deadline moves, which, which I actually was pissed off at because you had all these other teams, even these teams that are like fringe contenders, like Padres angels to making all these cool buy moves that like seem very simple. Didn't seem like you had to give up a lot. Didn't seem like you had to really expand your brain to figure out how you're going to make your team better. And the Blue Jays are one of them. They got um, Jordan Hicks and and Paul DeYoung uh, to fill in because Bo Bichette injured his knee, but he ends up being okay. Nonetheless, you have good depth. Depth is good. Depth is what the Yankees lack. That's a problem for them this year. Um, Still, though, the Blue Jays should be better than they are, um, and that's – they have a little Yankees in them. They play down to competition. Um, I don't, they, they don't sell me as a surefire contender. I can easily see them gagging over the last, you know, two weeks of this month. And then they're, they're, they're at a disadvantage in September. Um, so that's not one. Seattle doesn't scare me either. I, I, there is some sick part of me that thinks the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. But again, if they make it like one game over Seattle, um, I'll just be like, that's not fun for anybody. Like nobody wants to watch this. Um, Houston and Tampa are in, in my opinion, although, you know, you lose Shane McClanahan, who knows what's we've seen Tampa slide pretty significantly over the last five weeks. Yeah. Um, injuries took a hit regressions to the mean ended up occurring as we were telling you back in May when everybody on that roster was OPSing 900 or above. And yeah, the people saying they couldn't be caught. Yeah. And then they got super caught and passed. And then those same people are like, no, I was saying that the Yankees could catch them. <laughs> yeah. That's not what you were saying. That's not what you were saying at all. Enjoy saying it now, though. I hope that makes you feel good. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we can end it like this. It's still right in front of the Yankees. And it just depends what they want to do with that. It's it's never been truer that it is right out there. It's right out there in front of them. It just sucks. It sucks to say. You you want you want to be a major league team this weekend. You don't start Luis Severino and you take care of the runners on base yesterday. It really is right out there in front of you. Yep. You maybe sweep the Houston Astros in four at home, but instead you split. And a split's fine because I thought they were going to go 0-7 on this homestand. And they went 3-4. Truly, 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 I did not see I did not see a path to a win. It felt like a look at look at what the Angels just did after the deadline. Disappeared. Look at what the Mets just did. 0-6 after the deadline. Just punched into the turf by the Royals, who are, are actually rounding in a form before they go to yeah. this week. But again, still a 36-win team. Still Jordan Lyles is pitching one of those games. So don't fool yeah. yourself. The Red Sox will be okay this week. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was right out there in front of the Yankees, and it still kind of is, but four and a half is a is a fatter chunk than I was comfortable with. Was hoping to be two, two and a half exiting the weekend. Uh or, you know, just get you get pummeled by the Astros and then you're way at the back of the race. Somehow they managed to do okay. They still slide back in that wild card ladder. So having very little fun. Uh glad Anthony Rizzo's getting the help he needs. And we will be right back here on Thursday, wrapping up a three-game set against the Chicago White Sox in Chicago. Again, my expectations are 
two wins, but the worst loss possible and probably occurring on Wednesday. So we have to talk about it. Um, we'll be right back two o'clock Eastern every Monday, every Thursday. Thanks for joining us in the comment section again today. Uh, Jimbo, I recommend you go back to the front of the episode to listen to us talk about Giancarlo Stanton running because it was a disaster, but great comment section, lively group. As always, we appreciate you joining us. If you haven't joined us on podcast platforms yet, mm. that's where you do it. Come on. Uh, leave us a, a five star review there. It would really help us. Uh, <clears throat> leave us a subscription, uh, anything that you can do on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, rate and review us. Uh, those reviews are climbing. You will be canceling out the weird guy who refreshes his same one star review every month. If Did he do another five star review? Um, it was a couple weeks ago. Oh. I don't think he's been back for a while. He, he again last year we we talked about politics and he was like, "This is the last time I ever review this podcast." <laughs> and then he did it like six more times. So if you want to help us out, leave something to counteract that man's thoughts. He will be listening to this show though because he always does. Um, I'm Adam Weiner. My handle on Twitter still on Twitter still on X X. It's at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante. Where can the where can the X users find you? Come get me, guys, at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, both of us are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. It's a good time. We have fun over there. Um, and you never know who's responding to you. So that makes it all the better. Um, please head on over to YanksGoYard.com. We got a ton of content there for you. It's never ending. There is something with this team every day. There's multiple things with this team every single day. Uh, we thank you guys for reading, tuning in, commenting, um, joining in on the conversation. Uh, appreciate all the support. And again, we'll talk to you Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here. Enjoy the rest of your week. Got to beat the White Sox. Tim Anderson gets knocked out. Um, They're down bad right now. Um, And then Moreland's on deck after that. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But just take care of the White Sox, please. It's the most most depressing team in the league, probably. They don't want to be here. So how about we don't lose more baseball games? Please. It'd be nice. Dylan C. Scared cold tonight. Yikes and a half. We'll see you on Thursday.